Your views, your news, your Limerick Today with Gillian Devlin in for Joe Nash on Live 95. Limerick man Kieran McConville is working with Concern and he's been in Ukraine for the past few weeks helping with their effort now uh, there and he's back in Limerick now and joins us this morning. Good morning to you, Kieran. Morning, Gillian. How are you doing? I'm good now. I'm, the last time you were chatting to Joe, you were still across the Polish border, weren't you? You, you were on the other side of the border. That's right. We had a, an assessment team and I was attached to that and we went uh, down through the various different border crossings in Slovakia, Hungary, Romania and Moldova uh, just to sort of assess the situation there um, and then crossed over into Ukraine and um, have been spending time in, in western Ukraine. And tell us what you found there. How did, it, how did you react to what you saw? Uh, I mean, it's it's pretty shocking, to be honest, Gillian. Uh, I have, you know, um, over the 12 years with concern being to a lot of different places and, and seen, you know, a lot of displacement crises. Um, the sheer scale of this is is quite stunning. You know, standing at uh, the train station in Lviv and, you know, there are literally tens of thousands of people passing through there every day, um, you know, of all um, shapes, sizes and creeds, ages, um, you know, you have people with disabilities, you have elderly people, so many children, um, and it's mostly women and children who are on the move. Uh, it really is, it's it's sort of a tragedy on an epic scale. Um, I've spoken to, to many different people, um, you know, over the course of the last few weeks, uh, and, you know, their stories um, are are quite heartbreaking. You know, people who have had to uh, say goodbye to their husbands, uh, kid, kids who have had to, you know, wave goodbye to their dads, um, you know, people who le- left everything behind uh, and just took what they could carry, you know, in a backpack or a suitcase. Um, it really is. It's a, it's a, a stunning mass movement of, of people. And what, what are the supports like there across the border? We've seen a lot of what's happening on the Polish side, but actually in Ukraine, are there many services available for the people who are yeah. fleeing the country? As you say, you know, um, the response on the border in the EU countries has been amazing. Um, people have been welcomed. There's been a huge sort of logistical operation to move people on and a huge number of people did move on uh, further into Poland and across the EU. And obviously we've seen here, um, you know, to our own country. Um, the people who have been coming and moving in the last week uh, or 10 days, I would say, are people who have more or less been forced to move by by conflict, people who would not necessarily uh, have ever, you know, uh, travelled before who may not necessarily um, speak a language other than Ukrainian, may have very few resources. Uh, so they are the people who are more likely to stay within Ukraine, and that's that's why we have concentrated or decided to concentrate our efforts there. Um, there is a, 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 an amazing um, mobilisation of civic resources inside Ukraine. I've been around a number of sort of regional towns you know, places the size of Newcastle West or Ennis or Nina, and uh, 
you know, they're um, opening their doors, uh, turning schools and kindergartens into um, accommodation centers, hostels. I was in a, a kindergarten the other day run by this amazing lady. Um, and, she, you know, she went from being in, in charge of this kindergarten to suddenly being, you know, I guess mother and guardian to 65 women and children, some of whom were, you know, sort of deeply traumatized. They're sleeping on mattresses. Um, you know, the local people are providing food and, and whatever they can. Um, that That is going to be a major pressure point. You know, if you can imagine a, a town with 30,000 people and a thousand people arriving in there by train every day, you know, at least half of, of whom will probably end up staying in the locality. That's a huge amount of pressure for a country that is, um, you know, in, in conflict. It's essentially, you know, you've got to remember Ukraine is under martial law. It, it is a country essentially at war. Um, so there's, you know, sort of huge pressure on resources. Yeah, so I, I watched why... that video. I saw that video you, you took of that woman um, who opened up her kindergarten facility. And what really struck me is, you know, if you turned off the sound and you watched these woman, women making, these mothers of young toddlers making cups of tea and cups of coffee, you could have it could have been one of the, the children facilities here, anywhere. You know, they just looked like... The mothers that we pass in the street every day, I'm not sorry, I'm not trying to make out that this is any different from conflicts in other parts of the countries, but it was the normality of it that struck me as well as the abnormality of it. You know, mothers playing with their young children and their toddlers, yet they weren't in their hometown. They were, had been forced thousands of miles away and were in this place because of what was happening uh, in the places where they came from. Absolutely. And it's, you know, it is it is very striking. And the one amazing thing, um, you know, as any parent will do is, you know, the, the mothers that I've met have tried to maintain a sense of normality for their kids, even though they've been through very abnormal times. And, you know, some of these kids have seen things that, you know, nobody should ever see um, and, and uh, you know, may well be displaced from their homes for a very long time to come but uh, this this effort to try and, and maintain that sense of of normality uh, is fantastic but it's also you know um to a certain extent unsustainable which is you know why why we've decided to go in there um to try and support some of these sort of informal centers um, in these in these regional towns in western and central Ukraine. You know, for example, that kindergarten had one shower for 65 people. Um, you know, people were sleeping on, on mattresses. That's not sustainable in any sort of um, medium-term view. So, you know, uh, we will be going in to, to support a lot of those centers, try and upgrade them, try and provide them with, uh, with better facilities. You know, even basic things like washing machines and stoves, and obviously there there will be food and blankets and mattresses and that kind of stuff. Um, and also, you know, supporting those local host communities uh, who who will have to you know sort of bear that burden to a certain extent. Um, you know, people will try to stay, uh, and they're you know they'll try to rent accommodation. People will rent out rooms. We're going to support people with cash payments. Um, you know, to allow them to pay for what they need rather than us deciding what it is that they want um, and, you know, sort of rent supports, basic things like that that are going to um, help people get through 
uh, this time because sadly I think Gillian, you know, we're a month in today into this crisis and, you know, so much damage has been done already that even if this stops tomorrow, um, there's a huge amount of recovery to be done. There's a huge amount of destruction has happened. It's going to be quite a long time before anybody gets back to any semblance of, of normal life, unfortunately. Where you work, Kieran, was there any signs of the conflict other than the the refugees fleeing? Like, was there any violence in that particular area in the West? I mean, there was sort of uh, daily air raid sirens um, and there were some strikes. The West has remained reasonably untouched. You know, we were expecting some strikes on, on I guess, what you'd call strategic locations. And, and you know, there were there was a massive missile strike near Lviv and uh, also at the airport there um, more recently. So, you know, those those sort of targets are places that you would know to stay away from. But it is very unnerving for people because that is such a hub of people who have been moving away from the east to think that they're in safety. And then, you know, you, you hear the sirens and you hear explosions in the night. It's obviously very unsettling to say um, the for least. people who... Yeah, yeah. And how do your family and friends and loved ones feel about you travelling to a war-torn conflict? Um, um, I mean, I guess they're 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 used to it. They do know that you know we do take all of the precautions. Concern, you know, is never cavalier um, about putting the people that that uh, that work for it in in harm's way. You know, we do have security protocols we do have you know good intelligence for want of a better word as to you know where it is safe to go and you know there are always arrangements in terms of safety routes and evacuation and, and communication so you know um thankfully you know over the 50 something years that that concern uh, has operated in some of these most difficult places in the world uh, there have been very few very few incidents, thankfully. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm, um, I'm, you know, proud to work for an organisation like that, and I think uh, mm. those around me understand that. Okay, well, people can support concern. Obviously, uh, you have uh, ways of donating on the website, and that money going directly to the people in Ukraine who need it most. Kieran McConville, thanks so much for joining us on Limerick today this morning. Your views, your news, your Limerick today. With Gillian Devlin, in for Joe Nash on Live 95.